This is the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheiman, brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. Midlife Mail Podcast time. Greg Scheinman here with you today. When Kyle Noonan tells you to give somebody a call and get them on the show, you do it. Thank you, Kyle. Free range hospitality. Go check out the Rustic, Mutt's Cantina, Bowl and Barrel, all their places. There, a little plug for my boy Kyle and Free Range Hospitality. Not that he needs the help. These guys are crushing it and expanding rapidly. If you haven't been to one of their places, definitely check it out. But today, it is about John Rosenberg. John is no stranger to doling out cutting-edge business advice. His vast experience as a consultant, both domestically and internationally, has equipped Jonathan with a keen strategic vision for achieving organizational breakthroughs. He is born in Cape Town, South Africa, spent much of his adult life traveling. He's got roots deep into the Dallas area, and his love for design and attention to detail can be seen throughout his career as the founder of a variety of businesses, including Coa Beverages, The Standard Poor, and High Fives, just to name a few. The guy's got style. The guy's got substance. He's a lover of good food and family, keeping an eye on the newest updates around entrepreneurship, business, and management. And apparently, he's pretty good at ping pong. We're going to have to find that out on my next trip to Dallas when I stop into the White Unicorn Agency and uh, pick up a paddle and find out whether or not he's really that good. What I do know is that he is really good on this week's episode of the Midlife Mail Podcast. So let's get to it. John Rosenberg, partner, White Unicorn Agency. Here we go. It is Midlife Mail Podcast time. I am here Friday morning with my man, John Rosenberg from White Unicorn. Good morning, John. How you doing? Morning. Good, thank you. Good. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you is, how are you feeling on a Friday morning? How's the week been? Did you get where you wanted to go? Are you stressed? What's going on? Yeah, this is actually great. I actually had my birthday on the 7th, on Wednesday, uh, 38th. So, um, but great week. Everything's going well. Couldn't be happier. Health, family, work. So, nice to sit on a Friday with all that stuff. So. Well, that Super is happy. awesome. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Not exactly you. Mid, mid-life, but heading closer. Right. To, you know, heading closer. And, uh, okay, so the seventh. So you share a birthday with my older son who just turned 16. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. All <laughs> right. So let's talk a little bit. Background. Sure. Where, where were you raised? Uh, I grew up in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, and our family moved to Dallas, Texas in uh, the early 90s, in 93. And we came over, I think I was around 11 years old when we ended up moving to Dallas, Texas, and have been here ever ever since. So Now, how come Dallas? That's a great question. Uh, most of my family is probably in London or Australia or somewhere else. My parents loved the idea of America, and... I know that when we were born, they did some paperwork or a process around applying for a green card just because I think they were ahead of themselves and thought it was a good idea with zero intentions to move to the U.S. Mm-hmm. However, 10 plus years later, when all that stuff came to fruition, we came to Miami, went to Disney World as a family to get all the paperwork and the green card stuff. Um, I think a lot of things changed for my parents. And also we had some family in Dallas, Texas. And if there's anything to know about us, we're very family-oriented. I think we could live anywhere in the world, but my dad wanted to be around someone he knew, especially in a foreign country like the U.S., at the age that they were at, bringing in, I've got a twin brother and an older sister. So uh, mm-hmm. he wanted to be around some kind of familiar faces. Did you say you have a twin brother or he has a twin brother? I have, I, I have a twin brother. Real? Okay. Yeah. What does your twin brother do? Uh, he's awesome. He's uh, five minutes older. I have to put that on record. No, um... He's actually my best friend, but he started um, a private jet company with two friends several years ago called Leviate Air, 
and they are rocking and rolling and growing. They broker planes all over the world. They manage planes and fleets, and they also buy and sell jets. Um, so he's crushing okay. it. Yeah. So were you guys similar, different growing up, uh, and and even now? What what are the similarities and what are the differences? I've got two brothers that none of we're not twins, but I'm always just curious about differences between siblings. Yeah, we couldn't be two more opposite people in everything we do, and I think that's why we get along so well. I'm even left-handed and he's right-handed, um, even when it came to school and stuff. But what our similarities are, we always had the same group of friends and sports. We always played sports together growing up, so that was kind of our connection. But when it came to like our interests or school, or all that stuff, com- completely separate the way we think through stuff and, and operate and do. We couldn't be more different. But uh, truly a best friend, and, um, yeah, love my brother. And he's, and he's in Dallas, too? He's, he's in Dallas, yeah. He's uh, not too far away, probably five minutes down the road. Got, gotcha. So I was looking at your bio also, and I know we got connected through a few mutual friends in the Dallas area who are, super creative, hospitality industry guys. Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask, at the beginning of your bio, it says, you know, vast experience as a consultant in there. Yeah. I always <laughs> am intrigued by the word consultant. What Great exactly question. have you done as a consultant and in what areas? Sure. Um, I graduated college at, at the University of Texas with a management information systems degree. Um and I got into the consulting world where it was, I think at the time, called business intelligence. And what we were doing was designing and building financial global reporting systems, heavy technical, very, very technical, global, um, massive database work, but then also being the liaison towards a finance department and the C-level um, of a company to be able to explain why we, use, why we need the data for uh, this way. So... Heavy, heavy technical business intelligence consulting, and I did it for about five years with a group called the Palladium Group um, out of Chicago, and I got to travel around the country as a young kid, getting thrown into very complicated problems and companies, variety of industries at such a young age, and I loved it. Um, And then I got to do some travel outside of the U.S., but every single week I was on a plane Monday morning and back by Friday for five years in a row and uh, loved the work, loved it all. And I just woke up one day and I said, I can't get on a plane again. Like I've, it's, John needs to, John needs to find something else to do. I, I loved it, but I just woke up one day and I don't know what, what it was or what it is. And I go, there's gotta be more to life than just jumping on a plane and working this many hours for somebody else. Um, but yeah, I did it for about five years. Loved it. So how did that go? You reach that point. You say, okay, sure. I'm just not going to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually remember where I was. but uh, I'm not, I'm not, Where were you? Uh, I was in Minnetonka, Minnesota, in a snowstorm um, at the airport, flying home at the end of a long week going, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you said that. I had a meeting uh, one time. Yeah, I ended up in Minnesota with a meeting with Target one time in a similar you know, situation, having to walk from a hotel in the you know, frozen tundra of it going, what am I doing here? Okay. Right. And if you know anything about, if you know anything about Dallas, if it's windy or raining, we shut down, <laughs> you know, like we don't do good with snow or ice. So yeah, it, for me, it, I'm it, like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Right over here in Houston, it's not the similar, you know, and growing up in New York and then going to school in Michigan, it's been very strange to me. It's like, really? Like we stopped for all this stuff. We closed school for what right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, flooding, flooding. I get. I've become very. <laughs> we get that now. Yeah. So, so you're in Minnesota. You decide you're not going to do this anymore. Uh, yep. What do you do next? Do you get up? Do you walk into your boss's office and say, "I'm done"? Like, how? <laughs> take me through the process. Yeah. So I knew that. Um, I, I got back to Dallas, um, and this was something that I think I, for me one of the main indicators wasn't the the, the work. I, I looked at the clock. Um, and time had just started to become slower. If I got in at the morning at 7 o'clock or whatever I did, I thought a couple hours had passed, and it's only like 7.30. Um, I've always been a judgment of when things are going well and I'm excited to do stuff, time just flies by. So for me, time kind of slowed down, and when I was in the airport and I realized all this, I said, I need to make a change. And, yes, I get back to um, – we've got local offices here, and I went to go meet with my boss, and I said, 
um, randomly. I would I would love to talk, and I'm I'm looking to 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 change or or to quit. And he immediately said, "Oh no, let's double your salary." And I and back then I probably should have taken him up on that offer. And I just looked him in the eye and I said, "I wish that was why I'm quitting. I have, I don't know. I'm trying to find something else that excites me to to live a life because I like working, but." I've loved this for so far, but it's got nothing to do with the work and nothing right now to do with the money. I just think there's more to life, but I'm going to go figure that out. So, that's, yeah. That's awesome. So you do that. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to, you take this big, this giant breath, okay? And now <laughs> Yeah. How long did it take you to figure it out? Um, so I've always been someone who puts together ideas down. I just didn't want to be known for the guy who talks about it all the time. So I had a bunch, but, Ironically, I think I quit like on a Friday or something. And then I think I went to Europe um, for, I think I left the following week for about six weeks and just hit up like 30 different countries and just did a, uh, a good trip through Europe. Uh, Cause I just kind of wanted to get that. I, I'm lucky enough to have traveled quite a bit, but I just wanted to do some more and, um, and just enjoy it. So I got that off. And when I came back, I started thinking heavily about what I wanted to do. And with my tech background, I actually found, the tech wildcatters in Dallas as an incubator for startups as a nice hub. There wasn't a lot of this startup community stuff going on in Dallas back then, but I found some of them and I just kind of lingered around and I tried to get coffees together, whiteboard sessions. And I just said, I'm going to hang around the people doing stuff and stuff. Something's going to come to me. And long story short, a mutual friend, part of that situation introduced me to a very smart guy coming out of Kellogg and who moved to Dallas and said, you guys should grab a beer. And we met at a bar on a Sunday, and he told me about this idea about a beverage that he could take me about. And um, I really appreciated how he thought, what he was thinking like. And I said, over a period of time, let's do it. So I should have thought I was going in the tech world, thought I was staying in the safe lane. And then why, why not go ahead and compete with Pepsi and Coke, the two smallest companies in the world, um, and you've no, you have no idea what you're doing? I said, that sounds like something I like. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. so what was that company called? Um, it was called Koa, uh, Koa Water, and um, we uh, created our own process to extract liquids from fruits and vegetables to retain the vitamins and minerals naturally without the sugars, calories, or additives. And um, we, for me, it was a life goal to create a company and a brand from nothing, uh, not to inherit something or not to start something someone else did. And this one kind of checked my box. It was, it had my interest. Um, I wasn't the expert at it. And my partner and I had to struggle to, to, to um, find office space. We had no money at the time to do anything, really, and um, come up with a whole idea of how we're going to do this, where we're going to do this, raise the money, build a brand, and have a product line. So um, loved it. It was like one of my truly things I can look back on and go, that was one of the, the best decisions I ever made. But on paper, it's probably a complete failure. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> and at what stage you like? How old were you at the time that you were doing this, and how long? How long was it from the time that you started Koa uh, to the time that you you transitioned out? Um, probably probably my early twenties. Um, I don't remember the exact age to be honest. Um, I'm twenty, maybe twenty five, and uh, it was probably from the when I met someone to the end. About I was in it for about a three year period, where the first part was. In, uh, creating the company, getting the uh, the LSC, creating it all, and then working on the, the pat- patents and technology we had designed in Dallas, and then figuring out how to raise the money and actually get the product made. And then after we got it all that part done, it was about distribution and getting it out to the Whole Foods and Central Markets and stores around the country. Mm-hmm. So I did it for up to about three years until my partner and I had a different opinion about where the future of our company was going. And for me, it's never about the money or that. It's about waking up every day to believe in something, to do it. And we had a slight difference of opinion when it came to, to that, but it was big enough where the day-to-day battles and fights that you have in a startup um, become more difficult. And for me, it was about bowing out gracefully and joining the board and letting him take over of what he wanted to do with it. And I actually, at the same time, had also invested in some bars and restaurants for fun and kind of said, this will be another direction where I go. So... Um, I ended up shifting at the same time to to some other stuff. So what do you think your biggest takeaway from that experience was? I mean, you talked about success and failure on, or on paper, and, you know, I think the differences between success and failures, especially in, in startups like that or CPG-type companies, you know, are 
they're so close. You know, the difference between success and failure are tiny little things, you know, that go there. Yeah. Um, no. And, and by the way, we almost got we, – we, we had some really big highlights. We were in a um, – um, BevNet, which does, it's in New York. It's the Oscars for the beverage world, where mm-hmm. the judges are your Cokes and Pepsis of the world. We came number two in the world in a pitch concert about explaining our product and being this new beverage to come out. Uh, we almost had a company buy us out. There's lots of, lots of things happening um, on, on a positive side. But for me, it was, I was so excited to create a brand from nothing, name it, create it. Um, we did custom bottling. We had a custom process. Um, Getting it on the shelf, just the whole thing for me was just so fun, and I loved it all. But my biggest takeaway, man, I'm, it's no one cares about your startup, and it's, it's hard. And can you wake up and fight the battles, and do you get excited to do this type of work? Because it's not fun and sexy to start a very big company to, to, to do it. But if you love it, you love it. So um, I did. I, I have a bug for, for this kind of stuff, and I do enjoy it. It's not the, the end game. It's, it's the process and the journey that I just love. So you you jumped from one industry and one business, which is extremely, extremely challenging and difficult, to one that's obviously clearly really easy, like restaurants and bars, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Another one that is extremely convoluted with tons of moving pieces in it. Was it, again, the, the personal passion for kind of food and beverages or cocktails? Like, what drove you to do that? And was it a passive or active investment for you? Uh, my first one was probably being a young guy, a very passive opportunity um, that I looked at. And I actually learned a lot from that. And from the passive one, I said, I think we could do this ourselves um, without that many partners um, and create a place where we would want to go to. I don't think I'm smarter than anyone. I don't think I have the restaurant chops as anybody or bar chops, but let's create a place that we would like to go to in the city that we live in and hang out. And I think if we like it, maybe other people will. And that was kind of the premise, and it, 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 it kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. And are those – are they still going? Are you still involved right now? Um, great question. Y- yes, they, they are. So the, the one I was referring to from the passive one is not. Um, uh, but the, the other one, which was when we broke away to start our own, was the, the standard pour in Dallas. It was, I think it opened in 2012 in uptown in the heart of uptown it's still up and running i ended up my business partner i sold it in two at the end of 2017 for 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 two reasons one of the reasons was um we he he's he's running a very big successful company in and of itself um from a time management standpoint i was starting up and launching the white unicorn at this time being involved in an industry where i go my next my next step with the bar and restaurants is to put these, they're successful in Dallas in one location or two. I'm supposed to put these in other parts of town and maybe even other cities and grow this from one to five to 10 to 20 did not interest me at all. Mm-hmm. And when I knew that I kind of said, okay, what are the things that interest you? And I started looking at other things. Anyway, started the, the agency stuff, but the short story is in 2017, when we got offered an opportunity for a group to come in to purchase um, our bar, we had lots of people who wanted the location to put other concepts there. We wanted to make sure we found a group that liked our concept and wanted to keep it and invest in it and build it because they believed in it as much as we did. Kind of like letting your baby go. Um, it wasn't about getting a check and going thanks. It was about the staff that was there, about the thing we built. And we luckily found a group that, 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 that did that, and they came in and took it over, and it's still rocking and rolling today. So that, That's awesome. So yeah. now let's talk about the transition into the white unicorn you know, for you. <laughs> what is the okay. white unicorn? And first of all, where did the name come from? <laughs> yeah, great question. Uh, we're, we're a full-service agency where we do a variety of branding and websites, and photography, animation, video, campaigns. We kind of do a little bit of everything. But the name, uh, we've had so much fun naming other companies, bars and restaurants, my friends. I, I just love the, the idea of it. But if I can simplify it, my business partner had, a, had an agency prior called Aesthetic Cogency. The capacity to persuade, aesthetic being beauty, sounds good in theory, um, was a terrible name, couldn't spell it, no one remembered it. So when we got together and said, let's, let's talk about the vision for the future of the, uh, of the company that we want to build, um, a rebranding was, was up there. And if we're going to enter an agency world, we, we just wanted to be smart about it. So I don't know how we got down a path of um, animal and, and, and color, 
for, for whatever reason. But we were also looking at our phones for an emoji. I know that sounds dumb, but we came across the white unicorn and we stopped for a second. We moved on to a bunch of stuff, but we came back to it. And what we noticed was white unicorn has so many positive connotations in San Francisco. If you're with the startup community, it's a very good thing to be, a, be called a white unicorn startup or company. White unicorn of itself don't exist. They're mythical. They're magical. And no one owned it. And we thought it was very memorable. So we, just, we, we kept stirring with it, but we didn't want to come out and be cheesy or be um, not taken seriously. So we, we were kind of playing with it for a while. And then we, we ended up just looking at each other and said, no, that, that's it. And our creative director at the time, which is my business partner's brother, Matt, on a napkin kind of drew up the logo. And it was everything that uh, my partner and I envisioned. And we said, that's it. Let's go. So here we are, my unicorn agency. That, that's awesome. So I want to I shift a little bit and get, we'll get back to White Unicorn and, and aspects of the agency. But what's going on with you personally during all of these moves? You go from corporating, traveling, and not wanting to get on a plane. Then yep. you get into the, you know, the <laughs> beverage business. You, trans, yep. you learn, you transition into the hospitality business. I start thinking, okay, well, every kind of single guy probably wants to own a bar that he wants to go to yep. with all his friends and everything too. And then yep. you, and then you ultimately get into the agency business. What's happening in your personal life? <laughs> um, it's a great question. I think I, I learned very early on at the consulting world that I like to work. Um, and I also try to simplify my life. And I said, what makes you happy? So I think I've been looking for what makes me happy and what I like doing. And at every turn of those, uh, uh, Every change, I think that's what's happened. It hasn't been about the exact type of work or about the money involved or any of that. It's about just kind of going to bed happy and waking up happy. And if I could live with that, the rest will take care of itself. So um, that's kind of where I got to it all. I also think part of my big problem is when I got good at something, I might get bored a little bit and try to do something else. Uh, don't like saying that out loud. That sounds funny. I'm but... <laughs> right here. But okay, I'm actually hearing it from somebody else okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I i don't know i never i never had a path of stuff i just said i can keep things simple um if i like to do it i'm gonna do it and um understanding that i i came from south africa my parents gave us an opportunity to do a bunch of stuff um i'm appreciative of that and i want to maximize my opportunity but also i just want to be happy I don't know what that means to other people. I know what it means to me, and it's, I like working, and I want to do stuff. Coming into White Unicorn Agency, it's not a job. It's not work. I come every day, and I just love it. Um, and I feel like we, it's kind of like what people say about buying a bed, how many hours you spend sleeping. Same thing with working. And I just think if I could wake up and be happy, that's going to be a big part of what makes me happy for a, long, a lot longer, um, not other things that hold you back because of other reasons. So, You know, this is – Bringing up an interesting point about kind of being happy, what what you like to do, and then ultimately the, the money and other things will follow. Is part sure. of the passion for White Unicorn and what you guys do uh, the opportunity to kind of be involved and live vicariously and contribute to all different types of companies and business to satisfy that whole I don't want to get bored thing that you what, got? Honestly, 100%. It's everything you just said, as well as it's got a little bit of my consulting background, creating the other stuff that I like to do around the other brands. But to your point, I think my day is talking to other um, owners or operators or, start, or, or, or people starting out um, their companies and getting to talk about their business and how to make it better. I just love that world. Um, and it's like to I can't go out this, and start. Yeah, not sorry to interrupt you. Go on. Yeah, no, 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 sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. As you say, it's kind of like, I can't start 20 different businesses. <laughs> but, I can work with 20, but I can work with 20 different businesses and represent 20 different businesses. Right, because prior to White Unicorn, I was doing the, what you just said. I, I had three, like, Koa was still around. A couple of the bars are around, talking about an event center. I was involved with some other stuff. And I go, you're doing a lot of things very badly. Uh, you need to start doing one of them very well. Um, but this, 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 I think, solved my curiosity for now, um, and I just generally love it. I think we, the, the actual end of the day, do I think we help a lot of companies? 
Yes, and that's the part that I love the most. But I think that I get to talk to so many creative people in a variety of ways and industries about what they're doing, and then we get to solve their their biggest problems or challenges through something fun with the creative process, um, which is just fun to be around every day. Is there one aspect of the creative process that you just like, hey, that's mine, you know, that is really what I love to do, you know, more than more than anything else? Um, I, I don't know if it's the creative process. I think for me it's when I'm talking to someone across our desk, desk and they're telling me about their problem, what I enjoy the most of having the vision for where I would go with their, with, with their company or with their problem, and I, can, I sort it all out in my head. The creative process, no. The other side of my room has all the talented people to execute all the different stuff we do. But my favorite part is when I talk to the company or a person or whoever is envisioning what I think the solution is and, and articulating a plan to get there. It is my favorite part. I do that all the day and I, it's something I love. I don't know if it's a tangible branding project or website. It's a solution I see for them and I, and I try to say, here's our team that can deliver these things this way for you. That's the part I just love. What happens when they don't agree with you? Oh, it happens like, all the time. Like, how do you how do you take that? How do you deal with that? Um, it's it's tough. I, I kind of want to say, listen, we're doing this well. You should trust me, baby. But I also um, I'm a lot older now and, and and wiser. And I say, if I'm not doing a good job explaining myself or articulating idea, and it falls flat, that's okay. That is okay. Certain mm-hmm. people or certain companies are gonna. We're going to be on the same page, and if we're not, that is fine. They're, I'm not right. They're not right. It's not about right or wrong. Um, it's about when the two of us come together and agree on it, it's going to make for a very fruitful relationship over the next several months. So I've just become okay with it. It's frustrating. It's annoying, but I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's maturity to an extent. Maturity, right? yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> okay, beat them so, over the head, yeah. So, <laughs> so we sidestepped it a little bit, but I, did, I want to just okay. relationship now. Married, kids, family. We started with family-oriented. What's your, yeah. what's your situation? Yeah, and just a little background. My parents met when they were 16. So uh, they got married in the early 20s. I am single. and uh, Yeah, currently single and happily single. I don't know if that's a good thing to say out loud, but, um, yeah. I think, it's all, I think it's all <laughs> a good thing. I think if you're where you – know, I think if anybody, like you said, if anybody is where they want to be – and if yeah. they're happy and they like what they're doing personally or professionally, everything, much like the career, evolves over time. You know, also. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I know I'm going to change. I will change. And and for me, if I change with work or relationship, um, that stuff will happen when it does, and it it, um, it will organically change. And I, I'm trying to lay down the foundation for what I think the next 50, 60 years would look like. And when I do meet someone else, I think it's going to be great to do that. But right now, I think I live a very selfish world when it comes to work. And it's unfair to bring someone else in. That's not right or wrong. That's just me. So Yeah. So you so. mentioned I want to kind of build a foundation for where the next 50 years would be. I actually read a book recently called Vivid Vision. I don't know if you've, okay. if you've read this. Cameron Harold is the, is the author. Um, a good friend of mine, Justin Singer, recommended this to me. Uh, who's been on the podcast. Now I'm looking forward to getting Cameron on the podcast in, in a few weeks. But I read this book, Vivid Vision. I was completely moved about it. But the time period that he defines in the book is three years. You know, what's your vision? Where are you going to be in three years? Mm-hmm. And, and you oh. reference now, you know, 50. Where, where do you think you're going to be personally and professionally in three years? Do you know? I, I think I'm going to be, I think white, you know, I, to your point, I've bounced around a lot and done a different stuff. I truly think I'm lucky in, in that I found something that I love doing and there's no end in sight. And it could be as big and small um, as however smart we are as a, as a team. And I'm hoping to be doing the exact same thing with, with clients we love doing stuff with and a team that, that uh, how big or small we are, doesn't really matter, but we're going to keep doing what we're doing and hopefully build a name for ourselves as an agency that people like to work at and build our reputation for people that are talented and want to work somewhere um, like an established agency like ourselves and be excited for that, as well as clients and um, companies that are truly going, man, I'm, I'm really excited that we get to work with White Unicorn. Now, I have to start this by convincing people to work with us. 
I wanted to flip where I wanted to turn around one day and go, hopefully the work and the relationships we've started and the, and the quality of stuff we've done has allowed other people to say, man, I'm excited to be a part of White Unicorn to work with them. The same way I am about the, the type of people we're attracting to work here, that they should be excited to hopefully be like, man, I get the opportunity to be here. So hopefully you keep doing the same thing, to be honest. Are you still in Dallas? Are you national as a company? Are, are you we, back traveling around again? Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> We we are located here. Um, we have a we have an office in the design district. We're about uh, twenty twenty now, but um, we do have clients outside of Texas, in in, in other markets between either New York, or Arizona, or California. Um, but we're not actively looking. I think between some of the stuff we're doing online, we're attracting some of that stuff. So when we land that business, it's fun, it's exciting. But we haven't actively looked to do stuff out of state. I, I, I look down the road at a company called the Richards Group, um, and I don't compare myself at all. They're, they're one of the best companies in our space, um, Stan Richards at the helm, but he's got 700 people living in Dallas, and he runs a global operation. He doesn't have offices anywhere, and it's just something for me to be interested in it right now and go, how can he do it that way and stay here? Uh, we don't have to be in New York or in California or in another city to build a company to do a variety of great things. So I don't know yet. I don't know if we're going to stay here into this, if we're going to move to other cities. That's the fun part. I want to be nimble enough to change with the times and technologies and to see what happens. But um, that is a very inspiring in the back of my mind to know that he was able to build an amazing company and he was he kept it all here. We don't have to stick an office in London and wherever, but we'll see. What's your personal style like? What do you... What do you dress like? What do you look like every day? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, usually, we're wearing black jeans and a black T-shirt. <laughs> that's, that's Jonathan, uh, T-shirt jean kind of guy. Um, keep it casual. So. Is it kind of a uniform? Like, or do you like stand in your closet and go, fuck, I have like way too many choices here and this is frustrating? Or did you streamline it down to kind of a uniform? I've got... Uh, probably it probably is more of a uniform if I think about it. I got so many white t-shirts, so many black ones, so many gray, and the same with uh, jeans or pants. And I go, um, if I look at it, I go, probably very neutral, simple, casual uniform, if you will. But um, I try not to overthink it. Okay, favorites on that because I'm interested in this stuff too. Okay, yeah. What what are the brands? What do you what are the brands you're you're sporting? Oh. Uh, I think this one, the, the pants that I love, and I, I think I love them because they feel like pajama pants. I feel jeans, the J brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the, the T-shirts that I've been getting lately have just been Theory. Um, just kind of love their T-shirts right now. So um, those are two that I, I wear. I wear a lot of that kind of stuff. Are you a sneakers guy or a dress shoes guy? Um, a little bit of both. I, I don't. I don't even know what these ones are called, and I'm, I've been wearing them every day for the last month. <laughs> what are these things called? Like slip-ons? These are fry slip-ons. So I don't know what 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 that is. <laughs> um, but no, I've always liked fashion, but to a point where I had to wear suits and stuff in the consulting world, um, and to be able to dress in a more casual way, um, um, I'm, I'm good with. Especially in the environment we're in, that's creative. So we can get away with kind of a lot, and we don't have to be the serious guys in the boardroom. What kind of client does that attract, or do you want to attract? Are you conscious of kind of the image you're putting out also, you know, to try to attract and even detract, you know, from, from who's coming to you? Um, yes, I think I, I, think we, I, think we, I am. Um, I think of the, the, the clever response. Um, I'm trying not to let them worry about – I want our work to speak for ourselves and for our intelligence across the room to, to convey itself. Everyone does what we do today, um, but I think it's a variety of things of why they, they come to us, is how I dress or carry myself an aspect of it, maybe. Is it the type of office environment we have and how our team's laid out? Is it the work we have on our website? Is it our social media presence? Um, I've always been one to think about it's never one thing and uh, a silver bullet to anything. It's going to be a variety of things. So I try and look at a everything we can control is our image out there and keep an eye on it. And hopefully everything's moving in the direction that we want. And all those little things will matter when someone decides to work with us. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I answered, but I tried. 
Totally, and it was clever. So there you go. Cool. What's your daily routine now? What time do you wake up? Do you have a routine you go through? Is it the same every day? Um, probably. Um, yeah. So I wake up probably close around at six thirty, and um, as an ex soccer player who's who's non flexible, I go to a I get I go to a stretch class three four times a week in the morning before work, uh, and I get stretched out. It's one of my favorite things I look forward to the most in the week. I just love it. <laughs> I don't know if that's committed to my age or, or anything else, but um, that's how I start my day. Where do you um, go? I, I got to ask the one I'm in Dallas. I'm just... Oh, it's just, just one right now. I think these, there's lots of these popping up, but right now it's called Stretch Zone. It's mm-hmm. one-on-one private stretching where they focus on what you need help with, and they it's really easy. You just lay down and they stretch you. It's amazing. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> uh so do we count but, that as a workout or do we count that as recovery? I wish we could count it as a workout. No, we count that as uh, as, as hopefully I'm going to age gracefully or maybe recovery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, But if you say, how do I start my day? I probably start my day. I'm a big planner. It's always the night before. I'm very big on, on I know what's happening this week from a schedule standpoint because um, i got to be kind of ahead of ourselves. And But I kind of have a vision for the day or the week in my head at all times. And then I kind of, see it play out throughout the week. I don't like surprises in that way. I kind of think I'm methodical or plan through stuff, but I can easily uh, change or flip my down a dime depending on stuff changing in an environment like a startup or in the business that we're in. I'm, I'm equally okay with it. I like to just take control of what I can, and uh, I think that that helps. And that's usually the, the night before um, at all, but sorry. But then, but then I know you said the start of the day with the stretching. It's part of what I do. And then I, I get in the office probably around 9, um, I go from stretching to get a coffee, my next favorite thing to do, and then slowly come into the to the um, to the office and kind of broken out the day where I always will schedule a middle of the morning meeting with a potential client and an afternoon meeting with a potential new client. So like a 10 a.m. meeting and a 2 2 p.m. meeting, and then between the 10 a.m. and the 2 p.m., there's lots of stuff internally we're working on, whether it's hiring, whether it's internal projects, whether it's accounting, whatever we're doing. Um, that the daily stuff. I think back in the day, what I used to do badly was manage my time badly and over put things down on my calendar and not plan for space to allow yourself to work on a variety of things. So now I'm conscious of my time and I plan more appropriately and spread things out more. But I, I do consistently bring in or talk to new companies 10 times a week at a minimum, nonstop since we started because um, we're just talking to so many different people and it's the part I love the most. Whether we work with them or not doesn't matter to me. It's whether ultimately we see eye to eye on something, we'll eventually start a project. So, mm-hmm. and then at nighttime I go work out. <laughs> okay, are you still playing any soccer? I'm, I'm not. Um, ironically, more, I, group fitness, or do you work out by yourself to get away from all this? You know, how do yeah, you do? I I, uh, I do the Soul Cycle sometime. I do. Um, I go to the gym with weights. I think I get bored. So whatever I'm in the mood for, if it's a walk, a run, soul cycle, it's something. Um, I don't have that down. It's kind of however I'm feeling at the end of the day, but I'll pick one of them. I love, my brain needs it. It's, it's where I do the most thinking. I don't know why when I'm so active, my brain, I, it's where I do my most thinking. So I love it, but um, I need to do something at the end of the day um, or at least once a day. So. Do you have any tricks? Okay, because I have when your brain is like great and you get all these ideas and you do them when you're, you know, when you're in a class, you're doing something. Do you have any tricks for making sure, like, on how to capture that? You know, I find that that happens too. It's like, wait a minute, I just got this thought or this idea or something. How am I making sure I don't forget this? Do I voice memo this? Do I write this down? Do I have to reach outside the shower? Like, how do I make sure Sure. I don't forget this? Do you have any tricks for this stuff? Yeah, uh, I I do take it down in, in... I, I use a, there's a, there's a tool called Trello, basically a glorified version of an Excel sheet. It's very mobile friendly and it works how my mind works. So I can put things down in categories and buckets. Um, I like to think of it as like planting a seed and I can get back to it. Um, because so many things come, comes into our, my, our, my head throughout the day, whether it's client stuff or personal stuff or whatever. And there's so many things I don't want to, I want to make sure I get to. I don't have to deal with them right then and there. I will get to them, but I want to make sure I remember to do it. I use um, Trello to do that. Kind of keeps mm-hmm. me. I brain dump, if you want to call it. Yep. So. 
is your are you able to mix kind of the professional and the personal meaning like do you have close personal relationships with the people in your co- in your company in your business do you like to keep those a little bit more arm's length do you have you know friends or mentors that hold you accountable that you don't work with but you meet with them outside of work kind of interested in that dynamic that's a, that's a great question i think um th- through some of the other stuff i've done in the past when it comes to um building up a team i want to get close up to the, to, to them um up to a point i think there's still a layer of um separation because of at some point there's going to be things we have to talk about um that i think are difficult to talk about when you're when you become best friends um and this is just from my own personal experience so um I like to get close to my employees up to a point, but um, I don't think we're we're having lunches and dinners every day of the week or we're having happy hours. I think we like to do it around the context of the work we're doing um, and making sure I'm supporting them in the environment I'm at when it comes to work. But but I, I do think keeping a little bit of that separation is, is important um, when it comes to that. But I also have clients that are uh, on the flip side that have been close friends. And there's been a fine line between that as well. And I've always looked at that going, I know we can do great work. And I find it humbling. And, and um, uh, when a friend reaches out and says, hey, can you help me with my company? Uh, I actually think it's harder than when I don't know you at all. And it's a random company because they're looking to us. At, that's such a personal relationship. But I trust my team so much in our execution that um, I don't mind working with friends. I think I was cautious of it in the beginning because I was worried about where things might go. But um, I'm not because I just trust my team so much in execution. Yep. So. Is there anything right now, or, like what what keeps you up at night, if anything? Oh, um, not, not I sleep. I sleep pretty well, to be honest. Uh, nothing. I don't, I think my problem is I I can't I don't stop. Um, I don't look at this week and go, man, we did it. We, we, we've, we've got X number of clients or we've made X number of dollars or we've worked on X number of projects. I don't really like sit down and go, man, we're all these good. Po- I, I'm onto the next thing, whether it's the next project, next client, next hire. Um, it's always the future of where we're going and stuff. I, just constantly thinking about what's next. That's probably all that keeps me up at night, but not in a negative way, in an exciting way. Like I, I generally look forward to it. It's like, what else can we be thinking about or doing or being aware of? For the future, mm-hmm. so I look forward to those kinds of things. Um, not look down and go, Ugh, I've got to worry about all this stuff. I'm trying to do the worry stuff throughout the day. But. If you could write it or say it to what, what do you want to be known for, like yourself personally, and and white unicorn? What do you want people to say about you guys? <laughs> That's such a good question. <laughs> um, If it's if it's if it's if it's white unicorn, uh, I would just want people to know like they really enjoyed working with us, and they 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 loved the outcome of um, the process we went through and the stuff they got, um, whatever that means to that client or that industry. It's as simple as that because if that's done, everything else is is I'm checking a lot of other boxes that I'm proud of with our company. Um, just to get just to get that uh, personally, I have no idea. I don't know. What I want people to think of me one day, who knows? I I, I don't have a good answer there. <laughs> Does it matter uh, to you, or is that because you don't spend a lot of time thinking or worrying about what other people think of you? Um, I like to think I, I like to think that, but no, I think I do. I think I generally do. But at the end of the day, I hope they think I'm a good guy. Back, um, I'm honest. You know, other than that, I don't go to bed. I, I, there's not this endowing thing that I want people to to, to know of me. Um, who knows? I don't know. Maybe I should think about it more. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, ever, do you have a favorite phrase or saying or quote, you know, something that's posted behind your desk or just lived in your mind? Uh, I don't. I do I do not. I do not. Um, should not? I? Am I, am I? Should I have like a mantra? No, I don't think. Uh, no, I, mean, I don't think anybody no. should have that if they, if they don't want to, you know, or 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 not. I no, I think I, I think I'm gonna take. I'm gonna probably add a little personal thing in it. I don't know if I'm going off on the tangent, but my my mom has my, my mom has multiple sclerosis, and um, she's in a wheelchair now. And I think 
what's in the back of my mind is just being appreciative of being able to get out of bed in the morning, go brush my teeth, go grab a, a glass of water. It's the little things um, that when things are getting heavy or hard and all that, I got to remind myself, I've got a mother who can't do much physically and she's in the best mood every single day. And it's just an inspiration to me in general. Um, and I think that's something that's probably, there's probably a lot more to it there. If I even probably had a therapy session, I'll probably find out a lot about that. But it's just something that just uh, motivates me in a, in, a, in a different way. And I think I have that as a true base for how I wake up or look at the day. So um, it's not a mantra. It's not a quote. It's, 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 it's having probably her as more of an inspiration. She just has such a good positive outlook with life, even considering her 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 limitations based on her, her illness with multiple sclerosis. So that, yeah, got a, little, got a little personal there. So no, yeah. and I, thank, <laughs> thank you for that really, because yeah. it's such a great perspective to have, you know, and it's, and it's timely also. And we talked about it just in the, in the opening, I don't even know whether you're rolling or not when you were cool enough and kind enough to ask me even about my son, you know, when you see these things, um, with people you you care about and you're close to or anybody in general, it puts a lot of things in perspective, the ability just to be able to get up and walk around, the ability to you know, enjoy your day and to function and to have your health. And as you mentioned a number of times, happiness right. there, I mean, that that's paramount before it's, anything it's, else. Those two things, I mean, take all the money in the world. If I don't have those, it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Completely. So... I read a couple of things here too. One, are you the best ping pong player at the company? <laughs> uh, is Corey or Micah in the room? I like to think so, but we haven't really, to be fair to everybody else, we haven't had a tournament of late. <laughs> I like to think so. I like to think I'm really good at ping pong for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. We're, uh, we're, yeah. we're on, okay? I don't yeah. know anything yeah. about you, Corey, or Michael, yeah. okay? but at some point, we'll find yeah. a table and we'll go see how we do I will that. challenge anyone, and I don't know why. I don't even play regularly. I just think I'm really good at ping pong. I don't, I don't know where I get the confidence. I have no clue. <laughs> confidence is king. Okay. <laughs> documentary films. Uh, I yeah. heard you are a documentary film guy. Do you have a favorite? Um. I don't. I, I, I really don't. I, I, the, it's so funny. I like um, the idea of, it's probably the same as a book or getting into a book, but I like someone's story of where they came from and where they're going. I like a company where they came from, where they're going. And, and the documentaries I get, I always find something in a documentary about whether it's an industry, whether it's a handbag company or a founder, but I love their journey and I look at those things because at the end of the day we're all just people doing the same things we all have two legs two arms or one person so when there's all these amazing people out there that have done extraordinary things for me I look back and go they're just like me in theory why can't we all do these things I don't think there's anything different between them or myself and I love seeing what got them what was the it factor what was the little things that got them to where they were um and I just love um I'm like a sponge I'll soak it all in so I don't have a type or one. It's just it, it's as many as I can get my hands on um, um, when it comes it. to that really kind of stuff. Identified. I think it's so so true. Yeah. Okay. When you're traveling now, uh -huh. hot or cold? Hot or cold? Um, mostly hot. Mostly hot. But I do love a ski trip. Um, at least I just got to get in there in, 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 every couple of years. Um, I love skiing, but mostly hot. Um, my family is in South Africa, so. If I can go back, that I usually like to go back in the summer and spend time on the beach, uh, to be honest. One company or brand, if you could pick any, is there a white unicorn out there that you want to work with? That's, hey, that's that's the brass ring. That's the one I'm looking at. I would love to work with them. Um, ironically, no. Um in, in theory, yes. I mean, if there's a company out there, if, if Nike said, hey, let's do something, I would be thrilled. But I don't have that, like, one-off client um, that, that, that in mind. No, I, I don't. I, I love helping the, the little startup that no one knows about that could one day be something, as well as some of our high-profile or global clients that we're doing things for. Um, don't get me wrong. I'd be thrilled if these bigger companies, but I don't have one in mind. I've never, I never created this with a vision of trying to work with, with that. It's more about doing the work first, and, and we'll see. But 
Mm-hmm. Um, I might I might need to start putting some goal sheets down. That might be a good idea. Who's doing some really cool shit in in Dallas right now? If you're looking at going, okay, I go. This is cool what these guys are doing. Um, that's a great question. I think uh, I I like my friends group. They're all doing a little bit of something else, and they're doing cool stuff. Like I mentioned, my brother earlier with what his company, and he's with my best friend since the eighth grade, what they've created in their company with the Jet. Uh, I, I'm loving their stuff. Um, I think Kyle Noonan and what he's doing in the restaurant world, very inspiring how he's able to build these concepts that people love, and now he's looking to do it at scale in, in different cities is, is great. I've got a friend who have a hair salon. My, my, my closest friend has a patch business for Major League Baseball. So just being surrounded by other hungry people doing different stuff is inspiring, and I, and I love it. It's just it's fun to be around that on a daily basis outside of work. And uh, even my sister, um, my dad had his thing at one point. So my close circle of friends is just in a weird way, kind of all badasses doing stuff, and I love being around that, to be honest. And we, we all have a lot of fun. It's not just work stuff, but I'm probably just inspired by all the things they're doing on a daily basis. That, that is awesome. John, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome getting to know you, awesome chatting with you. How do people find you, get in touch with you, uh, if, if they want to know and learn more? Uh, probably the easiest is um, our website. It has uh, not only probably my, my name or email and then with White Unicorn Agency. And ironically, right now, for some reason, Instagram has been um, I get so many DMs from a variety of people that I've never met, and that's probably the biggest one, and that's Rosenberg John, uh, J-O-N. And I, that's just been a – I think it's just a platform that people are using right now. But that's been the biggest one, and uh, I love chatting and hearing with everybody. So that's it. Awesome stuff. John Rosenberg, Midlife Mail Podcast. Check him out. Follow him. Check out the White Unicorn Agency. This has been a blast, man. John, thank you so much, and I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. Appreciate it, bud. You've been listening to the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman, presented by Ends Group. Ends Group is ensuring success. For more information, visit endsgroup.net. Hey, I am a big believer that everybody has a story. You just need somebody to help you tell it. You know you have a book in you. You know you have that idea for a book that you have wanted to write. You just don't know how. Mascot Books is going to help you do that. Naren Ariel and his team at Mascot Books and Amplify Publishing are going to help you make your dream of becoming an author a reality. Check them out. Look them up. Go see them. Tell them I sent you. And become the author that you've always wanted to be. Mascotbooks.com.